0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 7th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves.
0: Ashley, it is Monday. That means there was a hoop ton of content in the feeds over the weekend. It started off on uh, Friday afternoon-ish. When I had my uh, latest special episode, I talked with the great Robert W. Schneider, who a lot of people know from a ton of theater and theatrically tangential podcasts, uh, including Behind the Curtain. He is also the artistic director of J2 Spotlight Musical Theater Company. They are in the middle. They just wrapped up the second of three shows in their second season off broadway at theater row they will be capping off this season with a production of steven schwartz's the baker's wife so we talked all about the company about that show about steven schwartz's involvement in this production and apparently he is very hands-on um mm. so so that was a lot of fun then in the feed lauren class schneider spoke to matt ray who was the composer of a show you saw on thursday yeah. thursday night i believe thursday night um, yeah Thursday night, you saw the hang down yes. at here Art Center. Um, so Lauren talked to Matt about the creation of that show. Then on Saturday, uh, Jennifer McHugh and I had the latest episode of This Week in Theater in which I spoke with my dear friend, Kira Kennedy, who is starring as Monica Lewinsky in the world premiere production of When Monica Met Hillary uh, from Miami New Drama in Miami Beach. I saw it on Saturday night. Um, I guess I'll probably save my review for the next episode of This Week in Theater, but Kira is a star. If you don't know who she is already, get to know her because she's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Jen also spoke with the choreographer of the Signature theaters, She Loves Me who happens to be named Kelly D'Amboise if you are familiar with that last name she is the sister-in-law of Charlotte which means she's also the sister-in-law of of Terrence Mann and Uh the uh, in that whole dance theater family so very cool there. Those are all in the regular feed now in our uh, Patreon feed Jan Simpson had her latest episode of all the drama in which she talked about Of The I Sing. I believe that was Mm. the first ever pull it's a prize for drama winner that was a musical and that's from 1932 so, yeah. so that'll be hitting the regular feed in a week but it's available now on patreon so head over to patreon.com broadway radio and of course we had uh this week on broadway with james peter and michael doing all of their weekly reviews um so just tons and tons of content for you to hang out with and uh you know get to know everybody oh, here at broadway happened? radio oh, oh my no, god a ton, a goodness goodness all right, so let's get into the news, Ashley. Last week, in his eternal wisdom, new New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced Ugh. that he was ending...
1: <laughs> I the ending... mic was far enough from my face for that. I don't you Might care, have to edit that down way. a little bit.
0: Yeah. He, he has announced that he is ending the Key to NYC program beginning today, Monday, meaning that citizens no longer have to show proof of full vaccination in order to attend indoor businesses, including restaurants, fitness centers, sports, concert, and theater venues. Now, despite this announcement... Announcement. The Broadway League, who you know, I am not, you know, free to give no compliments. Love, sure. uh, yeah, I don't throw praise their way uh, undeservedly, but they did step up on Friday. Shortly thereafter, the mayor's announcement and confirmed that they would be keeping their mask and vaccination requirements in place until at least April 30th. The league said in a statement, "Quote: Our current guidance is through April 30th, and we are scheduled to update that guidance on April 1st. Discussions are held weekly on our protocols, and at this point, there is no." change to our guidance. We will, of course, let you know when it changes. While the (sighs) city has ended their Key to NYC program, they have put something else in its place. They've begun this new COVID-19 alert level system, kind of like, I'm Mm -hmm. guessing, like the old, um, you know, Homeland Security threat levels, orange, blue, yellow thing. Uh, But this will provide... Equally uh,
1: intelligent as that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well... Yeah, doing a great <laughs> job there, uh, Brownie. Anyway, um, this will give guidance based on the current status of the virus in the city and maintains the possibility of potentially reinstating varying degrees of mandates in the future, which is good. I mean, they should Sorry. have the flexibility to put things in place as needed. Um, whether or not these needed to be taken away, I don't know. I'm not an immu- uh, mm. immunologist, you know, and I'm not a you know, somebody running a major municipality, but uh, actually, I, I, I might be an outlier <laughs> yeah. in this. I don't think I am in terms of you, but in the greater public, I feel like I might be a little bit of an outlier, but I've seen a lot of shows in New York and elsewhere around the country here in Florida and other states since theaters reopened last year. And despite the fact that I wear glasses to see shows, wearing yep. a mask has never been Bothered me no, one me bit. No, me
1: neither.
0: And I will, I will gladly wear a mask as long as they want me to, and likely even longer than they want me to, if it means that I can do even the teeniest, tiniest bit to keep other people safe and healthy, and to keep theaters open.
1: It's just not even remotely a hindrance. And it's so surprising to me, somehow, still, that in year two, very nearly full two years, we're like five days off at this point since the shutdown, 2020. Uh, it's just remarkable to me that people still just can't do it like it's an impossible it's task it's so obnoxious and usually most shows especially are like everyone you, you know no one's really putting up any kind of argument about it or anything they're doing it i was at intimate apparel most recently where there was one lady in front of me who like kept pulling her mask down every time the lights went dark and it's just like why? Why are you the one person in this room who thinks they're special? And it's just like it's, that's (laughs) it seems like we have clusters of those people and they're also always the loudest people and they end up getting what they want Eric Adams is one of those people who's now getting what he wants because he's making all the laws and he seems to think the city is so boring, those are his words the city is so boring right now, we need to get the parades and all these other out outdoor activities back so let's change all the indoor mandates it's like what are we doing (laughs) so frustrated all the time and what like Unique dystopian hell are we in that the Broadway League is making more sense uh, than a political municipality. Uh,
0: well, look, here's the thing. I, I fully support following whatever the science says. Um, yeah. But the, the, the problem is, in the CDC has admitted this, yeah. that politics have influenced the scientific decisions. And, oh, yeah, totally. Um, I, I am very glad that the numbers are going down dramatically since the the rise of Omicron. That's great news. I mean, that is legitimately wonderful news. But if we don't continue to do the things that mitigate the the spread and rise of these variants.
1: Definitely. We're
0: going to have another peak. So hopefully that's not it's the case. Always,
1: it's always very chicken and egg. Like, are people not wearing their masks? Or, you know, are people not getting sick because they're wearing their masks? And then if we... Get rid of the masks. So those numbers going to go back up again. That's what we've seen over and over again. And we're still technically in winter. So there's just, there's illness abound. I don't want to be on a subway in general. If I'm going to be on a subway, it's like. Uh, And people are coughing and, you know, up close against you, and we're still in a pandemic, and we're still in flu season and cold season. Just like, I don't want to do that. That's not going to make me want to go out. That's going to make the city as boring as Eric Adams thinks it (laughs)
0: is. I mean... I'm not 100% sure. I think you might have tweeted this. I'm not sure Eric Adams has ever been to New York City. That's Uh, what
1: I'm saying. He was in Times Square to do that press conference. First time ever. I still don't believe it.
0: Congratulations on making it.
1: it. Well done. Lincoln Tunnel wasn't blocked that day.
0: Because he lives in Jersey. Anyway. All right, (sighs) Ashley. um, We've got some news about some uh, upcoming bio musicals hitting the stage this year. First up on Friday, it was announced that Tony nominee Will Swenson will be playing music icon Neil Diamond in the upcoming... Out of of Town tryout of A Beautiful Noise that is scheduled to play Boston's Emerson Emerson Colonial Theater beginning this June. The show, which from what I hear is already set for a Broadway run complete with a house, will be directed by Michael Mayer, choreographed by Stephen Hoggett, and will feature a book by four-time Oscar nominee Anthony McCartan. The score, of course, will feature songs from Diamond's catalog, including You Don't Bring Me Flowers, America, Cracklin' Rose, and every drunk white guy's favorite song, Sweet Carol. Caroline, mm. the show is currently scheduled to run June 21st through July 31st in Beantown, which is appropriate as Sweet Caroline has long been an unofficial theme song for Boston yep. Red Sox fans.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Asha, I was like, good for Will. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you, do you have any thoughts on Will as Neil?
1: I think it's good casting. I don't necessarily know that I'm particularly interested in a, bio-musical on Neil Diamond unless yeah, I... I
0: know nothing about him.
1: I don't know anything about him. I feel like I would know a lot about him if his life was... S- so incredibly remarkable that it needed a biomusical, but it's certainly gonna play well in Boston, I'm sure. Yeah. I I'm a diehard lifelong Yankees fan, so Sweet Caroline makes me dry oh, heave man. every time I hear it. Sweet um, but yeah, good Caroline. No, no, I will leave ba, the zoom ba, call. Ba. Leave the, right. the zoom call. The only
0: the only Neil Diamond biomusical I need is an extension or a spin-off of the Neil Diamond we saw off. And the other Josh Cohen. That's all I need. Ooh,
1: yeah. That's yeah, all there need. you go. Yeah. Will Swenson can do that,
0: too. can. <laughs> will Swenson's great. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to a very different type of bio-musical from major popular music icons. On Thursday night, Baz Bomba boy reported that the previously announced Tammy Faye Baker musical from Elton John Here and Jake go. Shears yes. of the Scissor <laughs> Sisters will be hitting London's West End this fall. Set to open in autumn 2022 at the Almeida Theater, Robert, er, Rupert Gould is scheduled to direct. Now, this is not to be confused with like the thirteen different versions of a Tammy Faye Baker musical that Kristen Chenoweth sure. has been attached to over the years, yeah. including from like David Yazbek and Robert Horn, who co-wrote Tootsie together. I mm-hmm. think um, I feel like uh, um, Andrew Lippa might have been writing one for her at some I point. Think so, um, uh, uh, the guy who wrote. Um, Dream Girls was also Robert Krieger, I think he was also writing one with her in, at some point, so who knows maybe um Henry Krieger is his name um so who knows maybe because she 's been so attached to this character and different uh, amalgamations of musical adaptations, maybe Cheno will end up in this one too. Who knows?
1: I think it's uh, shocking that she's not gotten to play this role yet. (laughs) I mean – I think it's a really good time to do this, especially with the eyes of Tammy Faye and all that. Um – I, and also, just like what a what a switch uh, from talking about like Robert Horn and David Yazbek to Elton John and the Scissor Sisters.
0: Yeah, I don't know that Cheno has the Elton John, Jake Shears uh, type of voice for that biomedical score. She would have worked with a more I traditional. Don't know. I mean, we don't know what the score sounds like, but exactly, but, yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, Elton John maybe, but like Jake Shears that. I mean, okay. I guess he might just be writing lyrics, but I don't know. Seems
1: Yeah, possibly odd,
0: but anyway.
1: Regardless, they're camp, she's camp. I'm sure the musical will be camp. They should just do all that together. If you can figure out make me very happy. If you can
0: figure out that the lead singer of the Scissor Sisters, whose last name happens to be Shears was Camp, that's Mm -hmm. on you. That is on you. All right, Ashley, let's talk about one of the hottest shows off-Broadway right now, and that is the New York Theatre Workshop's production of Alicia Harris's On Sugarland, which officially opened last week. The show is scheduled to run through March 20th, barring any potential uh, extensions. And I actually did an interview with one of the show's stars just before opening, Adiola Roll. Uh, That'll be coming out this week. And in our interview, she got emotional talking about this show and what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you the real quick rundown of what the show is and then talk about some of the reviews. Uh, According to Press Notes, quote, Sugarland is on precarious soil. Three mobile homes line a southern cul-de-sac replete with years and years of decorative folk art, treasures, and keepsakes. Young Sadie calls on generations of matriarchal ancestors to find the truth about her mother while the denizens of Sugarland rise each day to holler for the dead, conscripted soldiers lost to a greedy war in a ritual reclamation of timeless grief. Uh, Let's start with the New York Times review from Maya Phillips. She said, quote, With her direction, Whitney White occasionally dips too far into melodrama, but otherwise nimbly adapts to the tonal shifts and key changes of Harris's script. Raja Feather Kelly's electric choreography adds a physical syncopation, stomping, marching, pacing, dancing, that complements the rhythms of the dialogue. Helen Mm. Shaw, writing for Vulture, said, quote, Harris already has two major New York productions behind her is God is a Western revenge comedy with chilling references to domestic homicide and what to send up when it goes down a participatory home going for black people killed by police. The former depended on a genre structure as old as the hills. The latter seemed older than that using ritual strategies that probably predate the use of fire. It turns out that Harris's lyric excess, her characters speak in dazzling torrents, needs such old strong bones. In On Sugarland she scales up and out inviting in more characters than she can safely handle, calling on myths mm. and multiple framing techniques to shake her own storytelling abilities to their roots. The play flexes in both senses of the word. It shows off Harris's impressive poetic muscles, but it also so bends out of true warping a little from what she asks it to contain um, i the, despite the fact that helen shaw's review actually seems a little mixed to me it's the yeah. kind of mixed that i want to see it it it's totally. mixed because she thinks it tried too many big ideas i would much rather yeah, see a show exactly. swing for the fences and only hit a double or triple rather than short, yeah, rather than like look for a bunt single um, also in terms of baseball, don't ever bunt. We don't care. Relying. Yeah, don't ever bunt. Bunting should be outlawed. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited. I I've got tickets. T- it should be from a statistical and analytical standpoint. Mm, bunting never works. Anyway, mm. um, I have tickets to see this on my trip to New York, um, and I'm very excited to see it. And mm. uh, you know, it's it sounds messy and sounds complicated and sounds deep, and that's yeah. the kind of show that I expect a New York theater workshop to bring to the public.
1: Totally. I think you put it beautifully. That. As far as being messy, complicated, and deep, and that being both New York Workshop and also just Harris's work, who I think just constructs stories beautifully, especially as a spoken word artist. Like, it's very. Rhythmic as I think Maya's uh, review had stated Absolutely. i've been look I've been looking forward to this one, and I like you said, this is the kind of review that it definitely seems like there was a little bit too much going on, and not necessarily going on there was too much that couldn't be reined in in the way that it was wanted to, um, that's okay to me. I'd I'd rather, like you said, 100%. I'd rather see too much happening than just not enough and nothing fully conceptualized. And I, That is certainly one thing that I can always say about Alicia Harris's work is that it is incredibly well conceptualized.
0: Absolutely. All right, Ashley, let's get into some little bit of uh, news tidbits before we wrapped up the episode. This one is interesting. First, Jaden Ewan, who previously played the role of Princess Jasmine in the West End production of Aladdin, is suing Disney over claims that she suffered vocal cord damage while in the show. She claims that her this is the this is the weird part. Um, She claims Mm -hmm. that her leading man, Matthew Croak, struggled to, quote, maintain harmony, leading him to sing louder, which in turn forced Ewan to sing louder leading to the vocal damage. the actress, Uh Yes, exactly. The actress claims that she took her concerns to the company management but was ignored leading to her having to spend days on end on vocal rest and eventually requiring surgery. Ewan claims that she suffered panic attacks thereafter and anxiety over her career and had to turn down rules hmm. due to damage to her voice. She is seeking over 200,000 pounds in compensation from Disney who, for their part, denies negligence. In a written mm. defense, they said that Ewan and croak sang in harmony for less than three minutes each show obviously primarily in a whole new world and called croak quote an experienced and accomplished performer disney also said that you quote did not inform or warn them Of her health difficulties. Ashley, obviously, we have no idea what did and did not happen in this situation. (laughs) But I am absolutely fascinated by her throwing her co star under the bus and blaming him for leading through the the vocal damage. Yeah. it, It very well could be true. And I have no idea, but the savageness of it was absolutely shocking to me.
1: Yeah, I can't speak to if the allegations yep. are true or not, obviously, uh and I'm always very pro anyone suing Disney, good luck to you, but very odd, very fascinating. I'm going to be very curious to see the outcome of this.
0: I'm going to be very uh, interested to see, like, the... Peacock adaptation of this True Crime. I was crime, just going to say, know.
1: it's going to be a stage show in and of itself. Yeah,
0: they're going to do a True Crime podcast of it that uh, uh, Here, John Cameron e Mitchell...
1: You anymore. No, that I
0: won't, but John Cameron Mitchell's <laughs> going to star in the Peacock adaptation. But.
1: Damn right. Love it.
0: <laughs> anyway, in other news, last week, the Public Theater announced that they had extended Lloyd Sues The Chinese Lady through April 10th. The show doesn't even officially open until tomorrow, but the word of mouth yeah. has been stupendous, and apparently the public is on a lot of folks wanting to see it once reviews are out. And speaking of opening nights, keep your wisecracks to yourself. Over the weekend, the West End production of Mike Bartlett's play Cock officially opened under the direction of Marian Elliott and starring Jonathan Bailey and Taron Egerton. Well, apparently during the show, during opening night, Egerton collapsed on stage in the middle of the show. A doctor who happened to be in the house came and examined the movie star who... Ironically, played the aforementioned Elton John in the Rocket Man movie. Yeah. Um, he was fine and apparently, you know, wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. Um, but after a 40 minute delay, Elliot came on stage and said that in an abundance of caution, the performance would continue with Edgerton's understudy, Joel Harper Jackson on for the final 15 minutes of the show. Edgerton Mm -hmm. is expected to return to performances this week, and Ashley, the show, is expected to move to New York with its two leads in tow.
1: Well good. I'm glad everyone is okay. I am glad we are not making any of the jokes that we made prior to recording. I, I
0: have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I don't know what I'm talking about either. Yeah, good. I'm glad <laughs> that neither of us have any idea what we're talking
0: about. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's move on to the uh, feel-good recommendation of the show. And just about while we are recording, actually, over on PBS, the first installment of Broadway in concert is airing on the network. And um, it is uh, entitled An Evening with Lerner and Low. We have some highlights in the show notes, including the great Jen Colella, Aaron Laser, yes. Jose Lana, um, Aisha Jackson, and more singing the songs of the iconic team behind Camelot, um, Brigadoon, My Fair Lady, Gigi, Paint Your Wagon, all those things. Um, so check that out. And if you did not get a chance to watch the concert on PBS, I'm sure it is available um, for streaming on their various streaming services and websites check as well. Check your
1: local listing and all
0: that you can also probably check thestreamable.com if you want to uh, check everything about streaming if you want to help out my day job mm-hmm. anyway that is all that we have mm-hmm. for today thank you for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt ashley where can people find you
1: you can find me on twitter and instagram at Know this is ashley all
0: right everybody have a wonderful week jennifer McHugh and i will be here to talk to you tomorrow it's true. and then james and i will have a very special episode on wednesday so stay tuned for that
1: Thank